Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Mike Kegley. I'm here with Matt Stevens, uh, the Illini staff writer who covers the football team. Also have Kedrick Prince, the Illini guys, director of recruiting. And we wanted to talk the morning after the Northwestern massacre. And boy, is that fun to say. Um, Matt, I'm going to ask you a question right off the bat, because you and I both expected that with facing the worst run defense in the league, we were going to see Coach B have his offensive coordinator and his offense rush for 400 yards, even if it took 100 attempts to get there. Um, what, what do you think happened that caused this team to come out and play uh, basically 50-50 ball and ended up with uh, over 200 yards of rushing and 200 yards of passing? I think, well, first of all, I think the game plan was put together offensively by Tony Peterson, again, because Brett was in COVID isolation and Brett has putting a lot of emphasis on his staff to, to really do their job and giving them the autonomy to do their job. What I think happened with Tony, honestly, is that I think that he understands that Fitz is a really, really good defensive coach, maybe one of the best in the conference, if not the country. And I think it's, it was pretty obvious to Fitz that his rush defense was having problems being the worst in the Big Ten. And Tony went full Costanza and decided to just do the opposite. And the only way we're going to be able to run the ball in the second half is if we throw over the – prove that we can throw over the top of them in the first half. It's what they did. And, and Mike, you kind of saw it. And, Ked, you, you saw it too. When Illinois got up 14 nothing. I think both sides of the ball for Northwestern kind of packed it in and quit. And – once a team packs it in and quit, you can physically dominate them. And I think that's what Tony and, and those guys did from about the middle of the second quarter on. But they sure let Brandon Peters early on test the waters over the top of this Northwestern secondary and did a good job doing it. Well, Kit, for those who weren't uh, up in the um, booth, um, Ked and I were both ecstatic over the fact that we got to have another Thanksgiving meal Uh catered up there which was fantastic although I was trying to lose weight over the holidays and I tend to have went the other direction but Ked was grinning like the proverbial Cheshire cat because he was predicting an aerial assault Ked what what led you to think that was going to happen because uh you turned out to be spot on because I mean I the way I saw it was um the last few weeks you know um we you saw Brandon throw the ball a little bit more, a little bit more, and the offense. I think he's starting to take command of the offense, and it's the it's senior day. It's a horrible Northwestern team, and to end and show recruits that were on campus yesterday and the ones that watched the game yesterday that you're not just gonna. And if you're looking for a quarterback, you know, in the transfer portal, which we you know, we've talked about a million times, show that you can throw the football. <clears throat> the most disappointing thing to me was, and I don't care how bad Northwestern was, Matt made a comment to show that you can throw the football. And what's disappointing to me is that this is what we've been saying all year. I mean, just to make the, the, the attempts, the routes they ran yesterday, I've not missed a game this year. I've not seen all those. I, unless if I'm wrong, I want you guys to tell me because I saw routes that Isaiah Williams ran yesterday, Casey Washington ran yesterday. And to me, looking back at it, they're five to seven, probably not going to go bowling. 
and it stinks because they left points on the board. And I just, that's all I think people are asking. And I don't want to jump the gun here, but, you know, I have been more critical of Tony Peterson than any media guy. Out, well, I'm not. No, there's another guy out there. And to me yesterday, he was the MVP of that game yesterday because if they can do that moving forward, Illinois is going to be scary in the Big Ten. And I've heard a lot of people say that since the game yesterday. They can pass the football. They just have to continue to believe that they can do it and find the people to do it and receivers to catch the ball. Yeah, that was a, that was definitely something that uh, I didn't see coming. Um, Matt, any any other thoughts um, that come at, at you after the uh, you know about the game? Obviously, was a, a total destruction of Northwestern. Um, they've they've taken us to the woodshed a few times in the last uh, 10, 12 years. So uh, I don't think payback's all the way done. But uh, any thoughts that jump out at you after seeing the game? That I think this staff did an excellent job in the basically two weeks that they didn't have their head coach. Um, I thought Ryan Walters' defensive game plan, while it was a little bit more um, eccentric than – he has been in the in the past couple of weeks, which is not a knock on Ryan. I mean, I, they've done really, really well with what they've done, what he's asked these guys to do. But their blitz schemes were a little were a little bit more exotic than he has in the last couple of weeks. I give him credit for coming up with new stuff. Uh, the emergence over the last month of Isaiah Gay has been huge on defense. And quite honestly, the emergence of Isaiah Williams on offense has been unbelievably uh, a shot in the arm for Illinois because I'll just tell you, Ked, that some of those routes that were run were, were they've they've been trying those all year and they just haven't gotten consistency between quarterback and receiver. Whether it's Isaiah and Brandon or Casey Washington and Brandon or Deuce Span and Brandon or Carlos Sandy and Brandon, um, you know that double move that they ran with Isaiah, they've been trying to do that with Deuce Span with Carlos Sandy. You know they've tried it with Isaiah early in the year. There's, well, just, the one that the there's just there's just there's just eccentricities of the wide receiver position that just have been slowly but surely coming together with certain with certain guys and Isaiah being the 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 one that I can't wait to see him go through a winter conditioning program and then a spring at that position and see where he can go over these next few years. Well, the one he threw to Casey Washington, I they did that with Isaiah. I don't remember who the game was against a few weeks ago. But then we were in the press box and we talked about him never doing it again. And a lot of it could be the routes because, and you know, they got separation. And, and, and I didn't say that, you know, the route running, it's been different. So they're building and they're slowly building. And, you know, and I think the one thing about Brett and, you know, about Underwood both, I know we're talking football here. Both of those coaches do a really good job of delegating and trusting their staff. I mean, a lot of coaches don't do that. And you're right. They, they did. I, I, have, I was impressed yesterday. So think about it like this. You know, we saw an only, a complete only football team. And I know about a month and a half ago, Brett Bielema said he's just not going to run the football 80% of the time. They want to be a 50-50 run team. And you guys mentioned that. And I think if you can do that and play defense and be successful with good talent, they're going to be challenging, you know, in the West Division. And I know for a fact that those other coaches – have to be thinking this is horrible because Illinois is not going to be a gimme game for us anymore. Yeah, I think Brett scoffs at the idea of balance, especially in the Big Ten West. I think he knows where his bread is buttered at the end of the day. Um, I'll say this. I wrote, Mike, you know I wrote the piece 
on Atlanta guys about, about Peters. I just, I thought it was awesome for Brandon to be able to play that way. If that's the last time we ever see Brandon in a college uniform and in a college game and quite honestly play football again, um, it's awesome that he was able to go out that way. And it was awesome for me as a reporter to be able to hear guys like Doug Kramer, who's been his, uh, lived in the same house with with Brandon, along with James McCourt and uh, a couple of other guys, um, just literally look me in the eye and go, you know what, Brandon's taking a lot of crap for you know a good year and I it was really important to those seniors to watch Brandon play well just like it was important for those seniors to watch Owen Carney play well and Isaiah Gay play well yesterday and um Tony Adams you know play well um those guys there's there's this narrative out there that was in the middle of the year that these these guys don't like Brandon and that he's not a good teammate and that he's not a good leader and he doesn't show signs of wanting to get better um there are a lot of reasons why Brandon the 2021 season didn't go well for BP. None of which have to do with anybody in that locker room thinking that he wasn't a good leader or somebody that they wanted to have success with. So um, there's a lot of roadblock roadblocks that hit Brandon Peters, not only in 2021, but earlier than that too. But I was just really happy he was able to play well on Saturday. Yeah. Brandon illustrates the fact why a bunch of, uh, 30 years old and older fans should not try to put themselves in the shoes of a 22-year-old college athlete. Um, so many times the the um, motivations get so jumbled up. Well, know. and for that reason, Mike, I'm really happy at the idea that 20 years from now, Brandon Peters is going to be able to make, possibly come back to Champaign and feel good about maybe standing on the field and getting an ovation. You well, know, hey, because- and, and, and this senior class, yeah, faced a lot of adversity and these super seniors came back and they had one of the better years that a first year coach at Illinois has had in a really, really long time. So it's hard for me to not, uh, you know, want to give those guys a high five for coming back and rewriting their legacy when they didn't have to. They could have, you know, chosen to, you know, I'm, I'm done. This time of my life's over. Um, I'm going to, you know, a couple of them might've tried to, you know, become a free agent and go into the NFL. Um, and, and nobody needs another year of pounding physically, um, that you take in football. So those guys gave up a lot to come back and, and my, uh, uh, my heart goes out to them for doing a good job. And now let's, let's talk about this. What kind of dream is it? Is it impossible dream? that we go to a bowl this year? Is it a coin flip dream? I mean, if, if, if uh, Mr. Delaney was still the big 10 commissioner, I'd feel like we're going to find a way in some way or another. Cause he always found a way to twist somebody's arm. What are we looking at guys? I saw yesterday a bunch of reports going into the day. They had a really good shot, but every time of five and 16, you know, was on the, you know, play it just bumped going like further and further down and I think it's going to be tough now and it's too bad because I would like to see him play again for just for me I mean we see things differently I just want to see it just see them play again just from a recruiting standpoint and to be able to give fans reasons to say hey the 27,000 people in that stadium yesterday was not a good look it needs to be 60,000 every single weekend and the more you play, like Brett said, you know, you can play football, so why not play football? 
I want to see them do that. I want to see them be able to build on the recruiting. Um, that's what that's what concerns me right now. I'm not concerned about it, but that's what I want to see them, you know, be successful at moving forward to get transfers in um, so they can play. As, to answer your question, I think it's, you know, it's slim now. They had a really good shot. Somebody said it was like a 45% chance yesterday that they had the possibility of getting in, but the numbers just don't look towards their way today, I don't think. Yeah, the math's not on their side. Um, they they they're staring essentially across from the poker table at a, at somebody that just drew an inside straight. And what hap- what I mean by that is, is that pretty much every five and six team that they needed to have lose, they pretty much won and got bowl eligible. Um, the good news for college football is that I do think right now that they have enough bowl eligible teams to fill every bowl spot. The bad news is for Illinois, they're five and seven, and that means you're not bowl eligible. Um, there is a possibility that Illinois could get in if certain schools like a Virginia tech, who's at six and six, a Florida that's at six and six, um, you know, a Texas that's at five and seven decide to not go because we, for whatever reason, two schools that need a head coach and one that just doesn't want to go at five and seven. I don't know how that works, but, um, the APR math is on their side. It's just, I I do think that they're going to fill 84 spots and I don't think Illinois is going to be one of them. Um, It's kind of sad. I I have a different take than Ked. I'm not really that worried about recruiting in the sense that um, I I really, I got sick and tired of Lovey Smith building this program through the transfer portal. And I just don't want to see him do it. I, I want them to build depth with what they're going to try to do with high school recruiting with a winter conditioning program, with a spring football program. I want them to try to patch things together in the transfer portal, just like they did this past off season when they get a CJ Hart, you know, a couple years ago when they bring in a Rod Perry, when they bring in a Jack Ragonovich, um, a Blake Jarasati. You can patch things together with three, four, with three, four uh, guys from the transfer portal. Um, I am not a huge fan of, you know, trying to, you know, bring in a whole bunch of, transfer portal guys this this past next season because I just I don't think they I mean I, I did it in a I did it in our football forum right now I don't think they need it and the thing about the transfer portal is is that you're you're, you're building you're not building depth in the transfer portal because kids aren't going to come free of the transfer portal in order to you know be a backup or compete for a job so I think there are critical spots that they can patch up but um, I don't see them bring in the full 32 the 25 plus the seven transfers that the NCAA is going to allow you in this class. Um, the math just doesn't add up for that as well. So um, these guys are, are building toward 23 and 24 kids right now. And, and I think that they're, they're, they're going to do just fine. Um, I would just like to see him play another game because I want Doug Kramer to play another football game. I want Owen Carney to play another football game. I want Isaiah game to play another football game because right now, as I, as I asked a whole bunch of these guys, I think November was their best month. And I'd like to see them carry that over into 15 more practices and maybe play once again, their best football game. And I think that that's possible. Yeah. I want to interject with that. Matt, I think you're misunderstanding me. The transfer portal to me is because I don't want to see them grab some senior who sat on the bench for three or four years and play and college football. It's tough to bring freshmen in to play right away. If they have a somebody has a redshirt freshman sitting on a bench or a sophomore on a bench that's got two or three years of eligibility, that's what I'm talking about. Because they lost a lot of guys, or they're going to lose some guys. You know, they lost 25 seniors, 
and who's been around college football for a long time. As good as this recruiting class is that we people think or maybe not think, it is going to be difficult to expect a bunch of 18-year-old kids to walk in that gym on that field and compete. That's what I'm saying. I want to see some older guys who have, you know, they've had a year of experience in college football, two years of experience. You know, I don't want to see a bunch of 18, 19 year kids to go out there and expect to, to compete because that's what Lovey did. And you don't want, I don't want to see that because one, they're not going to win if that's what's going to happen because they're not going to be able to compete with the big boys. And that's what Lovey did, hoping that he would win with these, with this, with this group and it never transpired. Well, yeah, I just and, think, yeah, I think a lot of those 18, 19 year old kids, Ked, are going to be backups right now. I really do. I, 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 I mean, I think that a lot of these guys in the 22 class and the guys that are freshmen right now on this roster, I think they're, I think that right now they're, they're happy with the development on a lot of these guys and they're going to be backups. That's my point. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't think I, I, that's, that's why I just don't think they're going to be lovey heavy in the transfer portal. Um, the, the, the question the, the question um, that I would, you know, I guess the way I would posit the transfer portal is um, we're never going to, or at least never, that's a bad word. We're, we aren't currently at a recruiting level where we're going to recruit a guy who has a freshman is going to come in and make a difference. Um, at least that you can plan on, you might have a couple lucky wins. Um, now I think coach B and his staff are going to change that. Um, at the same time, I look at the transfer portal as a way to, to fix, you know, four, four, five, six, seven positions if you need to. Um, uh, so I, I, I look at it and I, I just, you know, I think to myself, if there's somebody out there that you need, and I think this is really important, and I know this is a little bit inside baseball stuff, but if you've ever hired before, you need to understand who to hire for a certain job so that you get the right person in that job. And one of the things that, that I'm, I really, 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 really hope that he, that, that coach B got from Belichick is Belichick has a certain type of guy that plays positions on hit. Like, you know, what a new England outside linebacker looks like, because they all look the same over the course of 20 right. years, you know, what a defensive end for new England looks like, you know, what a safety looks like. I'm not saying they're the same guy. I'm not trying to reduce people to just numbers, but the fact of the matter is, is he knows that, you know, if you're outside linebacker, you need to run a 40 of a certain speed. You need to be able to um, do things like, uh, you know, you need to have a, a you know, a, a certain, you know, side to side quickness, et cetera. And, and he, he gets those guys. And then, and then basically the only question it seems like Belichick has to answer is, do these guys hate losing enough? And are they, are they smart enough to pick up my stuff? And it seems to me that he just kind of looks at people and there may be 10 guys who are physically what he needs. And he tries to hone it down to the one free agent who's got the mental makeup that he look, he's looking for. And I'm, I'm hoping Bielma gets that lesson where he knows, like, if you want to play, if you want to play uh, tackle for me, this is what I need physically out of you. And then he just has to figure out, you know, are they smart enough to, to understand the offense and are they mean enough for whatever, you know, for his liking. And I do think if you have a good idea of what you need at your positions, the transfer portal is just another tool. It's, it's not good or bad, you know, but the bottom line is, as I always tell people, you know, if I have a carpenter come over to my house 
And he says, you know what? I love screws. So I don't use a hammer and nail. I don't use pliers. I just use screws. You're like, okay, dude, what are you doing? You know? Well, he, you know, he's good. Hopefully they're looking at the transfer portal as an opportunity. And then to, to back, you know, so I'm kind of agreeing with Matt on that side of it. And then on Ked's side, I totally think you can target certain schools. Let's take a look at Ohio state. They've got four quarterbacks who are really good. They're all, I think the oldest one's a red shirt sophomore. One of those guys is probably going to hit the transfer portal and they're not there because they stink or that they got, you know, beat out handily. They're there because they're, they, they may have gotten there after the guy who got there. Um, they may have all the talent in the world. They're just sitting behind Stroud who's setting all sorts of records. Those are the type of schools, you know, but, but again, I'm, I'm not a genius here. So I'm sure there's a hundred other schools that would like to get a, a transfer quarterback from Ohio state as well. What I really love, Mike, is, and this is something that Brett instituted the minute he got here, was he started looking at the 19, the 20, the 21, and the 22 kids from Illinois that they aren't, they either didn't get or aren't going to get. And there's a file on them right now at the Smith Family Football Center. And if you want to come play for Illinois eventually, when you're not playing at that school that you decided to go to, um, you have basically a free ticket to Illinois, and they will try to make room for you. And that Brett Beal was made that very, very clear. And when he makes public declarations like that to recruits, he's not lying to them. So that's one thing I, I will dovetail off of what you said, Mike, which is I do think he learned a lot from Belichick. And one of the things that I think he learned from Belichick that I think he's instituting in this 22 class, if we're going to go here, is um, stop being so dictated by the stopwatch and the measurements. Because Belichick doesn't care sometimes, like what you measure and what you what you ran and like how you did in the camp. Um, you know, sometimes tape doesn't lie. And I'll, I'll use Jordan Anderson as an example because nobody else thinks he's a running back, but Brett Bielema thinks he's a running back. And that kid just ran for 300 yards and five touchdowns in a state championship game um, for a really, really good program at Joliet Catholic. Um, a lot of people don't think Malachi Hood is an inside linebacker. Andy Boo does. And he just – he had a fumble recovery, a fumble, forced fumble, and I think like six, seven, eight tackles for a state championship game – in a state championship game for Joliet Catholic. So um, they're taking a lot of guys in this class, like a Hank Beatty, who everybody's like, well, he's not going to play wide receiver, inside slot wide receiver at a Power 5 conference school. Well, when you put up that kind of numbers at Rochester for Derek Leonard, guess what? Brett Bielen was going to reward you and let you prove to him that you're not a slot wide receiver at, at a power five conference school. So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of measurement hunting that goes on with recruiting anymore. And it kind of irritates me because I think there are kids who are simply just good football players that fall through the cracks and schools like Illinois. And I think Indiana did this under Tom Allen, where he was able to build it up a little bit after the, before the unbelievable crash that was 2021 for him. Um, Brett Bielema was going to do the same thing, which is if you're just a good football player, I want you and I want you to I want I want you on my team. So um, I like a lot of what they're doing. I, I, I dovetail off of what Ked wrote this week about Magnus Moeller, the kid from Denmark. Um, Mike, you can appreciate this. I've never seen a kid that's 300 pounds look skinny until until yesterday. That kid walked around the sideline and I was like, he's really 300 pounds because he looks like a beanpole. And somebody literally had to point out to me, yeah, but that 300 pounds is distributed among six foot eight and a half. Yeah. Um, they're going to get that kid and that kid's going to be a quality, 
quality depth piece for for Bart Miller in the future. I think that Joey Oakla is going to be a quality depth piece at guard in the future. But that doesn't mean they're going to go and they're not going to go into the transfer portal and try to fill holes for next year's starting offensive line that they're going to have. But um, this kids are really really smart, and there's 130 division, there are 130 FBS programs right now that are looking into the transfer portal. And I I, I applaud this Illinois staff for for having 17 commits right now, because like you look at some schools like Ole Miss right now who only have like 11 commits and Lane Kiffin's determined to get like 12 kids out of the portal this year. Best of luck with all of that. And the one year, my fear with this is the one year that you strike out in the portal, boy, howdy, or you, you just screwed city. And so I don't think that this coaching staff is going to allow this to happen. And my, my final point on Bielema's staff is that we just saw today that UConn's going to hire John Marinelli who's an analyst on Bielema's staff, you're going to start seeing that stuff too, because what Bielema is doing in that building is going to resonate to a lot of smaller programs. And I think you're going to see some guys get some opportunity or at least have some phone calls for opportunities on Bielema's staff because they respect what's going on in Champaign. That's, that's great to hear. Um, so I, that, that Matt, that was the wrap up from Matt. Ked, you want to give your final thoughts here as we head on out? Yeah. Um, for all those people who are listening to this podcast, and I hope there's going to be millions of you. For years, you've all talked about just be competitive. This team was competitive all year long. That's, the, that's what you want. Illinois has been a horrible football program. They've been blown out. You know, I thought going to Iowa City, they were going to be embarrassed. You know, I thought, you know, there was a, even though it's a bad Northwestern team, that they were going to embarrass them. Nobody picked them to win in Minnesota. The Penn State game. Even when they didn't score a lot of points, they didn't give them. They didn't give up a lot. This is what you want. The staff is proving that they can coach. The program is going in the right direction. Illinois football is in a good place. And I, I from the day Lovey was let go, Brett Bielema was the guy I was pushing for because he is a proven college football coach. Has nothing to do with him being from Prophetstown. Nothing to do with him playing football at Iowa. He has won at this level and in the West Division. And I think in a few years. People are going to think Illinois football to be Wisconsin and Minnesota. Perfect. So, with that, guys, thanks for being on this morning. Uh, folks, check out uh, the, L- the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular playing in radio station near you on Friday or Saturday. Go to our radio tab and see what station and what time they have it. Uh, I on the Illini is out a couple times a week. Don't miss a special uh, Sturdy for 30 where he has a recruiting update. And there is a lot on IlliniGuys.com. We have a Black uh, Friday special where you can get a free Illini Guys sweatshirt with any subscription that is an annual subscription. Please go there and take a look. We have a seven-day free trial, and you will love it. With that, everybody, thank you very much, and have a great day.